This is the show with Cannon Brown. I'm happy that you felt comfortable to, sh- to share that with us for sure. I mean, with me and everybody listening, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind at all. I, I like people to know my story and that um, no matter what your background is, you know, you can you can turn around um, and make the best out of any situation. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cannon Brown, and I have Miss Darby Ross on the podcast today. And Darby and I are really good friends. Uh, she's a counselor for Next Level, as I am, too. She's on the GOAT side. Uh, so we don't really get to see each other a bunch when we're at the camps, but uh, we're pretty good friends now. Met in Oklahoma. And she is an incredible person, guys. Outstanding uh, goat breeder. She's got another company uh, where she manufactures and distributes SureShine. It's an oil-free water-based shine. We're going to talk about it in the interview, so don't even worry about it if you want to know more. She gives you all the insights to it. It is incredible. I want to shout out SureShine really quick um, for Darby because it is it's some of the best stuff I've ever seen uh, on any animal. Any animal. Water-based. Incredible. Okay. That's enough of me promoting her product. No, I'm not being endorsed by SureShine. You guys know this podcast is only sponsored by Next Level, and we talk about that too, so I don't even need to give them an ad, like an official ad. We talk about it too much. I'm so sorry for talking about it. It's just incre- it's a It's a great experience. Sorry. I'm going to stop saying sorry, okay? That's what I'm going to stop doing. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you guys reach out to Darby if you're in the market for goats. She's an incredible asset to have, and she's willing to work with anybody around the country. We're going to talk about it in the interview, but she travels everywhere to help people. Uh, more than willing to talk on the phone uh, with you for hours. She's she's a great asset to have in the goat industry. So that's enough of me talking. Go follow my socials at uh, the show pod on Instagram and Facebook, at the show underscore pod on uh, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. I haven't posted on there in a while, but once I get more followers, I'll be posting. So just follow me and then I'll post more. Okay? I promise. All right, that's enough of me talking. Let's do it, Miss Darby Ross. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Hello. Hello, Miss Darby Ross. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, so what the heck are you doing today? We just talked on the phone because I wanted to make sure we were good to go. And what did you tell me you were doing? We are, I guess we were, um, washing and clipping bucks for some cider pictures next weekend that Mr. Zach Weir is going to come out and help us with. Oh, nice. You're getting some professional help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are those for uh, an upcoming sale, or you just want to get them pictured? Um, there's some of our yearlings from that were born this time last year um, that – we just like to have sire pictures when, or reference pictures, I guess. Um, and every now and again, we'll we'll let a yearling go. So might as say. well, right? Oh yeah. Now you've been traveling all over the country. It all seems like uh, yeah, the past I, uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, I've kind of lost track, to be honest, of how many different states I've been in. What have you been doing? Oh, just helping out at goat shows, basically. Yeah, some goat shows, some next level camps, um, did a, a Mormon's presentation in California a couple weeks ago. Um, that went really well. I was really nervous for that, actually. Why were you nervous? <laughs> oh, I, I'm not a huge public speaker person. Oh. Uh, and there was a, a about, uh, I think there was close to 400 people there. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. But it, it went really well. So. What was that deal? What the Mormons thing? Uh, just kind of a feed presentation, um, going over different. They're all all their different feeds and minerals, um, and then we did a little bit of fitting uh, and clipping, and just some showmanship demonstration. So now we're going to get into your story here pretty quick, but I just I'd like to start out with some questions. Uh, okay. That I just that just come to mind, and the first one is uh, like a feeding regimen for a goat. Have you fed anything else or have you just worked with goats? Uh, I fed some sheep and some steers um, and a handful of pigs. Now, okay, so you've, you've fed quite like everything. Yeah. What's it, what's it most similar to? A, a sheep to probably, right? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, probably, probably sheep. Do they change pretty quick when you get them on feed like a sheep does, or do you have to kind of plan it out? Oh, about 10 days or 10 to like 14 days, you can start to see a pretty big change. 10 to 14 days before a show, you start kind of working yeah. on them? Yeah, like really fine tuning everything and like implementing a drench program and um, just those type of things just to kind of hydrate their muscles a little better. Now, in terms of goats, if, if you go like three days out from show and you start drenching them and you start trying to hydrate their muscles, is it going to work or is it too late? No, it'll still work. Um, with drenching, we start right at seven days from, from show day. Um, just more sugar and water than, than like aminos, amino acids or anything like that. Yeah. So now I know I, I've never really been into the goats and sheep. I mean, I've never raised any. I like them, but I've never raised any. The drenching process, it seems like it, it, it's pretty like coveted. If you have a good drench, like if you have a good recipe, it's pretty coveted and you're not going to get it out of anybody. Oh, yes and no. Um, more so probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I asked you to give me your drench recipe, would you give it to me? Uh, right now? Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> but. No, it's just, I mean, it, it just seems like it's one of those things that it's, it's sought after a good drenching recipe for those uh, sheep and goat people. And once they have it, they're not very quick to let it go. Yeah, yeah. They, they hold on to it pretty well. Um, a lot of those drenches are kind of based around how their genetics are, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they know, that they know, like the breeders are going to know what works with their genetics and what doesn't. Um, but every animal is different at the end of the day. So not everything's going to work, you know, the exact same, but yeah. And I, I wish we had a, uh, something like that in hogs. I don't know, something right. that we could shove down their throat to get them to hydrate a little bit. <laughs> hogs are a little trickier. They, hogs they are a little trickier. They're a little um, they're temperamental, but it's their personality. You just got to fall yeah. in love with them first. Yeah. Okay. We just did a little sidetrack, but we'll, <laughs> we might get back to feed. I might try to get some more out of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Darby Ross, you are, you're from Oklahoma. Let's get this out there. You, you're kind of a goat gal. Oh yeah. Um, from Oklahoma, from Piedmont. Yes. Lived there your whole life. My whole life. I grew up about a mile from where I live now. Okay, so that house that I went to before that camp in Oklahoma, you, you live just about a mile up the road. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, um, but you didn't have a lot of livestock background, uh, like none whatsoever, right? Correct, zero, actually. So tell me about your childhood growing up in Piedmont. Oh, man. Um, well, I, I mean, I grew up in just like a normal neighborhood. Um, I went to school in Piedmont. Um I, I've always had like a love for animals, but I didn't really know about the show show industry. Um, I guess that got in, introduced to me probably when I was 12 or 13. Um, uh, basically, a friend of a friend um, introduced me to a guy named Dakota Ash, um, and that's who kind of sparked my, my interest in, in the livestock and show. Um, they asked me to come to a little jackpot and... I didn't know what the heck a jackpot was. I was just like, sure, like, let's go. This, this sounds fun. Um, so we went to this jackpot, and I want to say it was out towards Enid, Oklahoma. Um, I don't remember the exact name. Um, but I, I just I showed up, and I kind of hung out, and they ended up having more than um, one animal in, in the Grand Drive, as they were calling it, which I, of course, didn't know what that was. Um, so they, they asked me to show and I was like, sure, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. Um, so I went in there and I showed this doe for him and she ended up having the overall champion title, um, of that jackpot. And from then I did, I had fun. I mean, it was like, okay, cool. Like I just won. I, I got hooked to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean like instantly. Um, and within, I think well, probably within six months, I, I was enrolled in 4-H and FFA, for, or I guess just 4-H for the following year, um, in Canadian County as an independent 4-H member. Um, and then I think I had like 10, 10 animals on feed. Um, 
so yeah i mean that's just kind of quick on the draw yeah it was pretty quick and now i've got a lot more than i can count so well i mean that's got to be incredible that just that instant gratification uh, yeah. y- you'll associate that. I mean, you, after that, you're associating jackpots with winning. You're just like, oh, yeah, I just show up here and don't even have to know what I'm doing. I just win. Right. <laughs> right. That, that's, that's what my 13-year-old mind, mind had, had my mind set on. Oh, I bet. I mean, that explains why <laughs> six months later you had 10 goats on feed and you were ready to get it. Yeah. And I, I guess my first major was OIE. We were talking oh, about wow. that earlier today, actually. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, that has to be an experience. I want to know what was your thought process because you were kind of into sports um, before showing, and we're going to talk about that too. But you knew you knew what a competitive atmosphere was. What was your like first impression showing up to that jackpot? Where did you just automatically feel it? Um, not immediately. Uh, Like I said, I didn't really know what was going on. I knew there it was a competition. I knew people were going to be competitive. Um, and have that drive, but like I just I didn't really understand it in that aspect. Um, yeah, I just, I just didn't know anything about livestock or showing. Well, I mean, um, like you said, you didn't even know what uh, like the Grand Drive title was. Right, right. I had no idea I, I had even won that. You know, the guy he had talked on the mic and then shook my hand, and I was just kind of standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and they, Dakota was like, "Come on, you know, you won." I was like, "Oh, okay." That's pretty awesome. I bet uh, the person that you were with or haven't shown for you was pretty upset when they didn't get the, the handshake to win the whole deal. Yeah, she, she came out a little, a little upset, but then laughed about it. So yeah, it was all right. Now, uh, before you showed, you played a lot of sports. You played some basketball. Uh, yeah. You played some softball. Now, let's talk about basketball uh, <laughs> because I want I want to know first what what position you played. Uh, in basketball, I was one of the guards. Okay. That makes sense. I yeah. feel, yeah, I feel like you'd be a guard for sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed basketball, but it, it got in the way of livestock. <laughs> well, like all sports do in high school right. and, and middle school, they always get in the way. Right. And, but you really loved softball. Yeah. So softball, you played basketball for a little bit and then you really loved softball. Yeah, I tried to play them at the same time, um, and I was also on tournament teams for softball, and that also interfered with basketball games and practices and this and that. So I, I kind of had to choose. So I, of course, chose softball. That's what I started with. Um, that was kind of my pride and joy growing up. Yeah, I mean, I I have a similar story. You said that you quit softball um, ultimately to just kind of stick with the goats, and I've told this story on here on this podcast a couple times, but – I played baseball for like 11 years, same amount of time. And mm-hmm. I loved baseball, loved it. But it was in the sea, it's spring season where judging contests are. The Like my county fair was uh, during that time, a lot of jackpots. So I just had to figure out like, oh, I'm probably not going to get a scholarship to play baseball. Right. Because I'm not that good. <laughs> but I might be able to get a scholarship with this judging deal or through agriculture in some way. I had no idea, but right. Yeah. yeah it, I, I understand the process. Gonna, yeah. Which one's going to benefit me for future type of deal. And you, you kind of banked on the goats. Yeah. Yeah. I took it and ran with it. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> I think you, you've been pretty successful since you started. Yeah. I, I, I like to, I mean, yeah, we've, I've had some good success. I mean, you, I, your parents kind of let you go full, full bore into it. Cause you, you kind of, you quit sports, just go, um, and raise goats and go to shows. And then you even finished high school online so that you had more time to travel and hit those jackpots. There's like a jackpot every weekend in Oklahoma, isn't there? Pretty much. Um, especially like in the winter time, that's when everyone's getting their babies out and whatnot. Um, I, I was so jealous. Like when I first started showing and uh, Jeff and I started traveling back and forth to Oklahoma, picking up hogs. He'd always tell me, he's like, yeah, they, they have jackpots here every weekend. And if they don't have one that weekend, they go up to Kansas and stuff like yeah. that. And I was very, very jealous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did I guess in Arizona, did they, I don't really know the show industry in Arizona, uh, especially for hogs, but is that how it was there with hogs? Well, yeah, kind of. So we have a jackpot circuit. It's called the Sela show, uh, Sela oh. circuit shout out. Um, 
and it's mostly in the summertime, which it was mostly in the summertime, which kind of sucked. I felt like it was mostly in the summertime, but it went year round. Um, but they only had like eight shows a year when I was showing. Now they bumped it up to like 14 shows or something like that. They've got a bunch. No, they don't have 14 shows, but like 10 or something like that. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot. Um, I've got a couple of goats out there that a family has that are doing really well, and they send me backdrops. Often. Who's the Who's the family that you have out here? Uh, Jerry Rogers. Oh, shout out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they've got a nice doe from me. The should be a yearling now. Um, but yeah, they they send pictures of her often at those shows. So they kick butt at these yeah. jackpot shows, and I've never met the guys, um, but. They really, really kick butt. Yeah, their their girls are uh, very passionate and very good at what they're doing. So. That's good. I mean, we we need more competition in Arizona. Just like you said, I mean, you you don't know anything about the show industry in Arizona because we haven't really been heard of uh, till recently. I mean, now we're kind of getting on the market and we're getting in each other's or getting people's faces now. But <laughs> five years ago, we weren't doing anything really. I mean, this past year, between California, uh, a handful in Oregon, and the majority of Arizona is where my animals went. Wow. Uh, yeah, I it kind of blew my mind. But I was excited. I've gotten really good feedback from everyone on the, on the West Coast. So. I just love how the West Coast is booming with boar goats. I mean, they're, and, and like, um, I, I keep saying boar goats. What am I saying? Um what what word am I trying to think of? Like just like just weather goats? Yeah, weather yeah, weather yeah. goats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if is there a difference between calling them boar goats and, and like uh weathers? No. Uh boar goats is like their technical term. Yeah, it's their breed, right? Yeah, it's the breed. Okay. So you're shows, not wrong. Shows how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a huge boom in, in in uh in weathers on the west coast and it's it's pretty incredible to see those kids that maybe didn't really like the pigs or sheep or cattle. They, they find this niche area where goats are kind of, I mean, if you do every, if you can kind of just let them go. I mean, if you just want a project, you can just let them go. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good for a first time kid, uh, showing livestock. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jeff told you or not, but from the camp that we just did in Buckeye, um, we had, probably five hog families in the goat side. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, every, you know, how we introduce everybody and they all, everyone stands up and kind of says a little bit about, about themselves. I think there was five or six families that, um, said they were going to play with the, play with the goats for a while. That's uh, awesome. Start, yeah. Or start into it. So. They're, they're kind of just like an easy side hustle. And I, I don't want to say easy because I tried to have two goats like when I was, a junior in high school. And I've told this story on here too, but I wanted to tell you, I've, I, I had two goats one time, but I also had like 10 hogs on feed and two months before the County fair, I just sold them. I was like, I have not trained these guys one time. I haven't been in their pen. They kept jumping out of the pen, which <laughs> really upset me. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't want to mess with the goats. I like to walk in pigs. I didn't working goats is tough. I mean, you're, it's going to, it's strenuous work. You're going to be sore afterwards. Oh yeah. It's all, it's a lot of hands-on, uh, action, I guess. And I just, I couldn't handle it. I sold them. And then one of them went, went on to win reserve at the fair reserve heavyweight. How'd that make you feel? It should have made me like a little mad, but (laughs) it really wasn't because I looked at it. The girl that I, we sold them to, she knew her stuff. Uh, it's Lexi or not Lexi hunt, Lacey hunt from the hunt family in Arizona. They know they're what they're doing. Um, and she ended up winning and I was like, well, if I was out there, I don't think I would have got it done. Honestly, (laughs) it's, it's, I, I look from the outside and think, oh yeah, I could show a goat for sure. I've got the stance and everything, but once you're in there, it's different. I mean, I took, I took him to a jackpot show and I got like second to last in showmanship just because I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. It's rough. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I decided one year I wanted to, I primarily, like I said, I'm, I'm a goat girl. Um, when, when people ask me for opinions on sheep, I, that's my response. I'm a goat girl. Um, I, I try not to, I don't know. I like sheep and pigs. Pigs intrigue me a lot. Uh, but I guess my, 
first year of junior college. Um, Blake Goss and I hit it off pretty well. And um, I was like, I, I want to buy a guilt. Like, I want to feed a guilt out for Felton because that was just like the one show that just popped in my head. And he was like, okay, let's do it. So I, I bought a guilt from Goss and started feeding on her. And then it, he came over, I don't know, probably a month later um, and got her out of her pen. And, you know, she just took off running. Oh, gosh. Like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing with these things. Like, <laughs> I'm just feeding her. And he was like, oh, my God, Darby. Yeah. I mean, I just, I had, she was not broke. She was, yeah, I had no idea that I had to, like, actually get her out. And get her. <laughs> I just had no idea. Um, well, how could you? I mean, yeah. it's no one really knows until you have a mentor or somebody to really sit you down and tell you what the heck to do. Yeah, yeah, and but it, it was an uh, experience by far. Um, I ended up feeding. I think I had like there's fifteen or twenty barrows and gilts here for a while. Wow! Yeah, that you were feeding out. Yeah, not just kind of helping, like giving Blake a place to keep his. Oh, nice. While we were at school, yeah, um, it kind of I don't know. Not I'm not gonna say it was my project. He was here all the time, but I had fun with it for sure. Yeah, it, it was a little different, um, different track for a while. Well, I mean, I bet it just keeps you on your toes. You're used to goats. You're not used yeah. to pigs. Pigs they get into trouble. Oh my first gosh, first. they're the worst at getting into trouble. Yeah, for sure. A lot of things to fix. That's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, so I think we left off at like high school or something like that. So, did, were you in FFA in high school? Uh, I was actually never in FFA. Um, being, How dare you? I know. I know. <laughs> um, our my high school didn't have an FFA program. Oh, okay. So well, you're they excused. Did, <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> uh, they they had they had an FFA program years ago. Um, they actually turned the barns into the wrestling room. Uh, probably okay. yeah. Uh, I mean, a long time ago. Um, so I, I was a 4-H independent member through Canadian County. Um, so I, not, I guess not many people know about the independent part of it. Uh, basically it is what it says, you know, you, you take care of all your own stuff. Um, like entries and, uh, DNA samples and, you know, all your, all your own stuff. So I, I don't really know a whole lot about the FFA side of it. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's pretty similar. It would have been similar to you being an independent, usually an FFA, I mean, at, you have to do all your own stuff. You got to put in it, put in your entries, unless you have an ag teacher that's really um, like helping you out. You're usually doing all your own stuff anyway. So, okay. so I, mean, I don't think you missed out it, unless you're talking about like judging in FFA. That's pretty cool. But did you judge in 4-H? No, I never judged until I walked into junior college. <laughs> wow, how was yeah. that? So you went to you went to Redlands. Yeah. How far was Redlands from you? Uh, about 25 to 30 minutes. Oh, gosh. That's nothing. Right. I stay, I, I lived at home. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what made you want to judge while you were at Redlands? Um, I really don't know. I think just to have the connection with other ad kids and not just be going to school. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever would have went to school. Um, actually, I know I would have never went to livestock or to junior college um, if – a friend of mine, uh, Creed Garriott, wouldn't have sat me down and basically said, "You know, you're you're you need to go to school in case this thing, if, in case the livestock deal um, doesn't pan out. You need something to fall back on." Um, and he was like, "And while you're there, you might as well be on the livestock judging team. You'll make connections. You'll learn. Um, you know, you'll open a lot more doors for yourself." And I was like, "Oh, okay, like whatever." Well, then, like five days before class started, uh, I called the, one of the advisors. And he was like, yep, come on, let's, let's get you enrolled. And I was like, all right. Um, so I, I went and enrolled, went to school, showed up to judging the first day. And I was very intimidated um, because, like, I knew some of the kids that were on the team um, just by their names. And it, it was very intimidating walking into. But it was a very, very good experience. Uh, I would highly recommend anybody going into junior college to be on a livestock judging team. Um, I don't think anything in this world is better than sitting in a crammed 15 passenger van with 20 of you running up and down the highway, you know, getting to look at some of the best stock in the country. Yeah. 
it really just opens you up, just yeah. opens you up to like good friendships and kind of the real world because your judging coaches, they're not going to sugarcoat anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not mom or dad. You know, they're, you're, you, you go from living at home to moving away or not even, I mean, I didn't have to move away, but everybody else on my team, they all moved from out of state um, and jumped right into this thing and they didn't hardly know anybody either. But we all became like one big family, and it, it was one of the best things I think I could have ever done as a 18, 19 year old. Yeah, and and coming in with no experience, I bet that had to add on to the, I don't know, feeling just very, very intimidated. Because I know, I mean, I had some experience judging. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't like a barn burner in judging. But when I went into junior college, I had some experience, and I was still heavily, heavily intimidated by every single person. It didn't matter. I didn't know any of these people. It didn't yeah. matter if they had judged one year or said one set of reasons. I didn't know who they were, so I was just heavily intimidated. So I yeah, think that's – everyone I cried. that. I cried a lot. <laughs> Did you really? Like the first yeah. semester? Uh, just like specifically like walking into the reasons room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brandon Callis used to uh, – nicest man in the world, but he would just look at me and grin. And I don't know if you've ever gotten to talk to him face-to-face, but – if you ever get to or have, you know, that little grin I'm talking about, um, kind of grin and would just kind of shake his head. And, you know, he, he would talk me down from my little anxiety attack I was having. Um, and we would get through it. And I, mean, I could give a set of reasons by the end of my first year pretty well. But, man, it, the anxiety never went away with that, like the, the pressure, the nervousness. Reason is um, hard. It's a, it's a hard hump to get over if you're yes. if you're feeling very anxious about it it's very very hard to get over yes yeah for sure um i still feel yeah. anxious i mean even like if i'm even taking sets from people i'm feeling anxious for them sometimes yeah yeah i've yeah i i, I know that feeling too it, you want them to do so good yeah and exactly. like you're just like oh I, I know i know what you're going through yeah <laughs> but uh so you spend a couple of years at redlands Mm-hmm. Um, and then when does, when do you start with sure shine? Oh, um, sure shine started. Um, Oh, I was in my second year of junior college. So in what year are we in? 20, two years ago now, two years uh, ago, two years ago, uh, almost to the day we just passed our second year anniversary on the, on Valentine's day. Congratulations. Uh, thank you of, um, of officially purchasing it and, um, taking hold of that. And it's been pretty fun. It's been different. I never thought I I would own like a supply company or like a hair product for livestock. Um, yeah, let's, let's tell everybody really quick what SureShine is. So just give us, give us your rundown of what SureShine actually is for the people that don't know about it. Okay. So SureShine, um, it is a company that originally started as L&M Shine by a lady, Piper, in Indiana. Um, she had all kinds of products, shampoo, conditioner, protein, um, all kinds of stuff, um, and the Shine Spray. So when we bought it, we, we started to rebrand it, um, and now it's just SureShine. Uh, but what it is, uh, it's, it's a blend of um, like a lightweight residue, oil-free uh, compound that is going to give the shine and luster to the hair and skin without weighing it down. Um, we, we love it on the pigs. Like I said, it's hundred percent oil free, um, but it's not going to weigh that hair down on your, your sheep or I guess the wool on your sheep or your goats or your, or your steers and heifers. Um, but it, it, there's no chemical in it, so it's not going to hurt their skin. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the quick rundown on it. That's awesome. And I made the mistake at, one of the camps saying that it was an oil-based um, shine, but no, it's completely water-based. Um, and gosh, dang, I know a, like a lot of oils and shines smell good, but there's nothing like the smell of Sure Shine. When you gave me those samples at Arizona Nationals, I still have a couple of them. I like save, I save like two of them and put them in my truck, and I'll just spray them sometimes and be like, "Gosh, dang, it smells good." <laughs> yeah, I found one uh, in Kaylee's car. <laughs> Did you really? He, he was like, is this yours? I was like, yeah, I think I gave, is that from Canon? She was like, yeah. I missed one. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> but she, I mean, yeah, a lot of my pig guys, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. 
Um, a lot of my pig guys call it the stripper juice. The stripper juice. Yeah, you're allowed to say that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They. Uh, that's what they. That's what they call it most of the time. They're like, "Hey, you know, you got any of that stripper juice with you?" Like, yeah, I, I can <laughs> you up. I got you. You got any of that stripper juice with you? Yeah. yeah. Looking for I, a good I, time. Yeah, a new dealer uh, in Texas, the Hoerts family. Um, they all their guys are. That's what they're calling it too. Is the stripper juice? That's awesome. I, I think it's funny because I've gotten that several times just from the smell of it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's a it's an incredible product, and just this episode of the podcast is presented by Sure Shine. Okay, <laughs> over there. Give us the website real quick. Give. Uh, it is SureShineLivestock.com. Um, you might as well just plug your all your social medias here, oh just my. in case. Just in okay. case. All right. All right. Let me. I don't even know what these things are, to be honest. Darby Ross, here we go. All right. Social medias, everybody, get out your get out your pins. She's gonna give you the Insta, the Twitter, everything. All right, so I guess we can start with the famous Snapchat. Oh um, yes, thank you. <laughs> it is just Darby Gale, all lowercase. Darby Gale, you got lucky. Yeah, I don't honestly know what my Instagram one is. So I think it's the same thing. Yep, Darby Gale. Darby Gale. Probably Twitter too. <laughs> Probably Twitter. <laughs> Probably is Gail uh, your uh, middle name? Yeah, it's it's my middle name. Is that a uh, family name? Uh, it's my my mom's middle name. Okay. Um, and I think it came from like a an aunt or a late grandma or something. Nice. Not really sure the full history behind it. Yeah. Um, but Twitter is just Darby underscore Ross. Okay, there we go. I, I got the easy way out. <laughs> Everybody go follow. Um, now, speaking of your mother, you said you got your passion for like animals from your mother. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. She she was a big animal lover. How did she influence you? I mean, you, I, you've got a lot of pets, too. You've got, how many dogs and cats do you have? You have like four dogs and two cats? Okay, so I have three dogs. And then okay. um, and then Tate just moved in. Tate Bittner just moved in. and He moved uh, in? Yeah, he, he's Good? working yeah, for good working here. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's Shout been. Out Tate. Yeah, yeah, he's been a a large um, help, I guess is the simplest way to say that. Good. Um, it's been really good having him here. But he, uh, when he moved in, he brought his dog Callie. Um, she's a border collie. Uh, and then we just bought a puppy. Uh, oh my! Three, day, three days ago, he's a border collie corgi. His name's Benny. Jeez. So, <laughs> so you got five dogs on the place, and you yeah. got one cat. You got five dogs in the house, one cat. I just sent my mini Aussie off to be bred again, so should have some some puppies in the next couple months too. So 175 goats. <laughs> 175 goats, about 10 horses, uh, some cows thrown in the mix, lots of them. You're basically a hobby farm. <laughs> it's all, it's all. Yeah. Yep. That's, yep. <laughs> now, so, yeah. how how did your mom influence you into into liking animals? Um, kind of to back this up before it gets a little confusing. Um, so like mom and dad now are um, and I think it might, if they were to ever hear this, they they might be mad at me, but it's okay. Um, they are actually grandma and grandpa. Uh, they adopted me when I was like four days old. Um, just because at the time my, my biological mom was young, um, and just, it was the better option. Um, but I, I grew up with her, like I didn't not know her, um, but she lived in Alec, Oklahoma, Dibble area. Um, but she just, she just always had animals. She always had dogs and cats and, and horses and goats and, uh, some damn chickens. I hate chickens. <laughs> um, and I think I hate chickens because they always attacked me at her house for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that, it, that was whenever I, I would go there on the weekends, that was, uh, you couldn't catch me inside. I was always outside with animals. Um, she, she had a horse that I think we called sugar that I would always just throw the halter on and go jump on bareback. I was a little bitty. I had a horse named sugar. <laughs> I think that's a thing now. It really is. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't name him, but <laughs> yeah, I would just I'd throw a halter on her and go jump on her bareback. I was a little bitty tight, running around on this big horse, and 
I don't know. I think that was just where my where my passion for animals came from. Um, but yeah, she, yeah. But um, my my dad, he always calls me Ellie Mae. It's off of a old school movie that I can't think of the name. Um, but that little girl in that movie, she she brings home all kinds of animals, birds, oh dogs, wow, chickens, turtles, all kinds of stuff. I had a bunch of turtles growing up. So Ellie Mae is what what he calls me. Now, uh, Darby, let me know if we get too personal, but I want to hear more about this setup of your childhood. Is that okay? Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so your mom was very young. Um, your gra- Her parents, your grandparents, end-, end up adopting you. Yep. Um, but you still kind of see her on weekends. So do you, do you see her, do you grow up with, like, knowing that she was your mom, or did you kind of think of her as an older sister? No, for sure. She, I knew she was she was mom. Okay. Uh, I I always say I grew up with two moms. Um, one was obviously more of my friend than you know my mom. I I didn't live with her. Um, yeah. She was still my mom. So. Yeah. And she, I mean, she was just trying. She was trying to pursue her life as well, and she, it, it was just going to be hard on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she um was just into things that she shouldn't have been into. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it basically just wasn't allowed to raise a child at the time. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But right. I mean, she, every, every, she got, um, better. Good. After that, it was kind of an eye opener from what my mom and dad say. So that, that's good. But that's, I mean, that's incredible that you have, your grandparents that just kind of stepped up like that. And I mean, they're, they're, con- you consider them your mom and dad. I mean, that's 100%. They, yeah, they are very selfless people. And you know, they, they, um, they took, I mean, I have an older sister too and a younger sister. We're all half sisters, but they raised me and my older sister. So, and they didn't have to do that. They had already raised two of their own kids. Um, and they, they were ready to, have fun with their life. Yeah, ready to retire and hang right. out. Yeah, they're ready to have some fun, but yeah, they. It, I mean, no question about it. They they adopted me, and my older sister had a choice. Like she was old enough to kind of make her own decision on that, so she lived with my parents also. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a very unique story. I just we had to dig in just a little deeper on that. I had to know the details. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you felt comfortable to sh- to share that with us for sure. I mean, with me and everybody listening, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind at all. I, I like people to know my story and that um, no matter what your background is, you know, you can you can turn around um, and make the best out of any situation. So, I would have to agree with you, and I think you've turned. Uh, I I mean, it, it you just had that many more people to give you support when you were uh, uh, growing up. So, I mean, it, it equated out to some good stuff in the end and you're not oh, even yeah. done. I mean, we're only, we're the same age. We're only 23 years old. We still got our whole lives ahead of us. Yeah. 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 That's a, uh, I don't know. It puts, it puts a, I told you earlier, it puts a big smile on my face getting to kind of backtrack my life, I guess so far and kind of put an outline to it. Yeah. But. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad it's kind of a, a cathartic experience just writing down all of your stuff, writing down all of your experiences and kind of just listing it out. You're, and I told, I texted this to you, but you're not the only person that's told me that. I know I remember Ernest Donahoe when he was on, he was like, dude, this is crazy. I never wrote out my experiences in my life and talked about it before. It's kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was telling Tate the other day that at the end of this year, I want to sit down. I travel a lot like throughout the year. And I think, just in, I guess, the end of 2019 and into 20, I've been in like seven or eight different states. And I mean, like from December to now. Um, yeah. So at the end of this year, I want to sit down and, and kind of go over my, my traveling and just see how many different states I went to this year and, you know, for what. Um, my goal is to go to all 52 states, blah, blah, cliche thing. But um, I think there's only 50 states. 50, sorry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> We're going to, I'll edit that out. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, no, I think that's awesome. You know what you need? You need one of those uh, maps that are scratch-offs. 
Have oh, you seen yeah. those? That's a thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's. I'll talk to you after this. I might send you one. <laughs> okay. Because they make those. They make those just maps where you take a coin and you. It's like a scratcher. Sweet. So anytime you go to a state, you just scratch one off. Sweet. Yeah, I might need one of those. I don't have one, but they seem pretty cool. And then they have like world maps too if you're a world traveler. If you get ambitious with Shershine or the goats, yeah. you, can, you can probably go to Africa with that Shershine. Go to South Africa, <laughs> sell some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Maybe probably. Brazil. Ooh, that'd be a fun one. <laughs> do you want to travel the world? I do. I want to go everywhere. Yeah, me too. Just at some point. Maybe not all at once, but some point. I'm uh, I'm able to go to England and Europe this summer. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. I I'm went very um, excited. I went to like Great Britain and England and like that whole in Ireland. Um, when I so as eighth graders, our, our English teacher will take all of the upcoming freshmen on like a European trip. Whoa! In high school, so that's, that's nice. Yeah, so we did all we did all that. Um, and then that, that was a really fun experience, but my family comes from Austria. So my dad still has family members on his mom's side that live there. So I've been once, but they try to go every two years to Austria. So. Family in Austria. When did they, uh, migrate over here? Oh, I don't know. That's, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So a while ago then. <laughs> a while, a while ago. Yeah. All right. Makes yeah. sense. Okay, so uh, let's let's talk about next level really quick. Okay. Because I I mean that's how we met. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, t tell me about your experience. You're on the goat side. You're you've kind of been in it since the um, first goat camp. So t tell me about your experience within it. Uh, I love it. Um, you get to meet all, all different kinds of people from all different states. Um. How it, how it started, uh, mine and Jeff's friendship was he called last – we were on our way to Louisville. Uh, so no, last November he called and um, just kind of kind of addressed it to me and told me what he was doing and, you know, how he got in contact with me and um, just kind of have heard about, like, my success and this and that and um, just – asked me to come to this camp and I was like, all right, like, sure. Um, so that, the first camp that we had for goats was in Duncan, Oklahoma. Um, I think it was like December 7th of 19. Yeah. Um, was the first, first goat camp. Um, but yeah, that first one, I, I didn't really know what I was walking into. Um, I walked into everyone setting up, you know, the binders and, um, Kaylee printing out a bunch of stuff and, um, I, I didn't know anyone. So I, again, you know, walking into a new situation, you're kind of intimidated, but, um, that's been, that's been a really, really fun, uh, experience. I'm really glad that I'm getting to do that and have that opportunity. Um, because like I said, you, you know, you're meeting all different kinds of people and experience levels. And, um, those little kids have a burning fiery passion for, for showing. Um, and it's a lot of those like second, third year, year kids. That yeah. come to these camps and really, I mean, they zone in and they focus. Um, it's a, I, I might piss some people off talking about next level on here so much. I, I just started thinking about how much I talk about these camps and maybe people are like, Oh gosh, stop pandering, blah, 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 blah. But I know it's like my, my uncle's the CEO and one of my best friends in the world, Kaylee is the COO, but it truly is like, one of the greatest experiences that I've seen kids go through. Yeah, no, for sure. I wish that, um, I wish I would have went to livestock camps whenever I first started. Um, I, I think I would have learned a lot more quicker, um, instead of just like jumping in and going to shows and basically essentially getting my ass kicked until I didn't like it. Um, which that's part of it anyway, but it is. I, think, I think the next level camps are, uh, very, very beneficial, not just for showing and learning how to feed or this or that, but like those kids, nine times out of 10, the majority of those kids that walk in there on Friday night don't speak until like Saturday afternoon. Yeah. They, and it, it gives them a connection 
to other kids their age to different parts of the state and this and that. And they can go to a show and be like, oh, hey, friend, like, how are you? You know, they, they meet new people. Um, but it also, you know, they, they're not scared of you, but, you know, they kind of keep to themselves for the first day. And then by the end of the day on Sunday, they're like attached to your hip. And it's like one of the best feelings ever because you've made an impact on those kids. It's so, I mean, it's like we were talking about earlier. They're intimidated coming in. They don't know what to expect. They don't know anybody. It's like us walking into a a judging room uh, with a team that we don't know. It's it's pretty much the same experience, but you're right. That second day, gosh dang, you can't get them to stop talking. They've made 10 new best friends that they're going to travel the world with each other. It's it's pretty incredible. Not only do you make an impact on them, but Man, there's been kids that make me break down and cry after camp. Yes. That's how hard they 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 hit me. Like just from like personal experience and like there was a girl at the Arizona camp last year that I just wanted to take her home with me. Like she she was just so sweet and innocent and just had this like she just wanted to learn all of it. Um and I I still talk to that family uh, pretty often actually. Um I help them with their breeding program and just kind of a feed regimen and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just for the kids. Yeah. Get, I mean, we get a lot of experience out of it too. Well, there's, there's a reason why I like going to them. Uh, I get so much out of it. I mean, the kids get pumped up when they get out of camp, but I'm so pumped up to just like be a better person and, and be more lively and get out there and try new things. It's, it's a, it's a pretty cool experience for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I applaud Jeff and Kaylee, um, for doing that and having, having the, I guess for Jeff, for having the, uh, how am I trying to say this and be politically correct? Foresight. Yeah. And like the, the drive to want to do that with however, however many camps we already have, you know, um, there's several good livestock camps, but I, I really genuinely think next level is, is where it's at, uh, to get your kid kind of where they need to be in the ring. Um, but, yeah, I, I applaud Jeff on that. Kaylee does a tremendous amount of work and really good work uh, keeping all of us organized. Yeah, she does uh, a lot. She does yeah. – Kaylee does so much. Yes, yeah. I, I love Kaylee. Uh, she's become one of my really good friends. It, you know those people that, you know, you first meet and you don't, you think you're, like, not going to get along? Like, yes. That that was me and Kaylee. Okay. But but now we're, we're buds, so. Yeah. She's, uh, she's just – she's different. I mean <laughs> – I've loved Kaylee since I met her, but she is just a different person. Her personality is different. She's got some different ideals. Uh, You have to get used to her sometimes. And Kaylee, if you're listening, don't take that uh, the (laughs) wrong way. We love you. Yeah, yeah. We we love you. The only thing that I think, I don't, and I don't even know if we could do anything like this, but Next Level needs to do something where like two to three weeks out, we get in touch with the kids from three weeks ago and just make sure they're still pumped up because I know all those kids come out of camp really, really pumped up, mm-hmm. but we, I think we, we have to try to make sure that moving forward three weeks, two months, stuff like that, they have to keep motivated. And I yeah. think that's what people f- have a problem with is just staying motivated and, and trying to stay pumped up when the show's so far away. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, what we're going to start actually doing is moving those camps closer to major shows. Yeah. Uh, like 60 days out from major shows type of deal. Well, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think ideal. we're let's, trying to work on figuring that that out. Um, so, that, yeah. But. I'm excited for the future. And they, and they just started doing sheep camps, so um, yeah. it's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, their, their first sheep camp was at Arizona this year. It was... Uh, there was a pretty good turnout for it. I think they had like thirty or forty people show up for it. So that's not bad. No, not for not the for the first one for sure. That's not bad. And uh, so that was talking next level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, what I want to ask you now, all right? So I want I want to know what what's the future with Ross Farms in terms of goats, and we can just talk about goats for right now. Uh, what are your goals and, and what do you want out of Ross Farms? I guess the the big main goal is 
I mean, simply to be the best. I um, love it. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. Love it. Um, it's a, it's a big goal. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of really good breeders out there with a lot of really good goats. Um, but I, I genuinely feel that uh, my stock is right there with them. Um, especially this year, the, the set of babies we have on the ground right now are really, really good. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that, but yeah, that, that would be my, my main goal is, you know, just to simply be the best, not just, you know, the goats in the ring, but, um, my showman, uh, us, the way that we present ourselves, um, like customer service, I guess. Yeah. Just all around, all around be the best. So. Now that's a great goal. Uh, how do you quantify being the best? I mean, and I'm asking this, like, this is a, it's a shitty question to ask you. So let me, <laughs> <laughs> there, if there's so many people raising goats, does your goal have to be the best or does your goal, can your goal be, okay, I want to, um, I don't even know how to put this, but I want to get the most out of my experience. I, not only do I want to win a lot of shows, but I want to help people. I want to introduce people to new ideas. I want to help people grow their herd. Is that kind of what you're thinking yes. about? Just the overall aspect of it? Yes. I, I don't want people to come in here and think that, um, you know, they, they've got to drop 10, 15,000 on one weather or one doe um, to get my knowledge. Um, I want them to come in here and, and be comfortable talking prices and looking at different groups of animals and, and knowing that I'm going to help them through and through with that animal. Um, not just, not just feeding, getting them fed and, and show ring and this and that, but, you know, helping them match up breedings. Um, I guess that would be more so the ultimate goal. Yeah. That's a great goal to have. Yeah. I mean, I'm I all about making and helping people successful and getting and helping them get there. Um, not just come spend your money with me and, you know, send you on your way type deal it's it's important to create relationships and that's the only way to create good standing relationships is to actually be there and, and not be flaky and stuff like that it, it's good to help out once in a while right right um, i think I, that's i think that's the thought thought process that every producer should have yeah no i i'm big on on building relationships with people um and maintaining it um i don't know i'm i'm big on that I think it, it shows a lot about you and your character and um, upholding a certain expectation at the same time. Yeah. So. Well, you got a resounding review from Miss Reagan Dugan. Oh. That's how I first heard about it. I think Jeff told me about you maybe or something like that. <laughs> but I know Reagan pretty well. And she's like, I met this girl Darby at the Oklahoma camp, and I'm about to buy a whole bunch of does from her, and she's incredible. And I was like <laughs> – that's a, that relationship started in two days. And sh how many does did she buy from you? She bought a couple, didn't she? Oh, I think it started. Um, well, going to the Arizona camp last year, they, they bought out, uh, not bought out, but they bought a group from me. I think there was 15 in that group. Um, and then Sean, her husband came back in April of what this past year and bought another five doe kids also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Five. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, a friend, I guess, a a job or, um, the coworker acquaintance, whatever you want to call Associate, it. Associate maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, at that camp sparked a friendship. And then, I mean, like a, we got in the hotel that first night and you would have thought we'd been friends forever. Oh, two go, go girls. I bet you guys were going at it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we hit it off very well. We still talk. Um, I still help them every now and again if they need it. You know, they they always call and I always call them. And um, like I said, I'm big on relationships and upholding it and maintaining it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shout out to Dugans. They're yeah, great. Shout out to Dugans. They're killing it down here too. Yeah. Yeah. Her goats are, their goats are looking really good whenever I've seen their Facebook post. And um, I saw a couple of them at Arizona Nationals. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing well. But she can have her own episode later. <laughs> It's about Darby might, here. She wants one. I know she probably does. Well, I'm going to have to get her on pretty soon. I I wanted to get her on when her name was still Kempton, so I could put it on Reagan Kempton. But then I was like, no, I, I want it to be Dugan. I mean, that's going to be her future name. We might as well just have it that way. So that's why I've waited so long. Yeah. I mean, at least that's my excuse. <laughs> 
Now, um, Darby, you wanted to end this deal out with talking about um, just an important aspect of your life, just trying to stay motivated, stay positive, and, and kind of believe in yourself. And I wanted you to just elaborate on that concept because, as you know, I mean, you've listened to a couple episodes. I asked this question. I'm like, hey, if you have any advice, uh, give it out now. I'm assuming this is your little uh, advice column. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I guess to just kind of finish it up is, um, well, did you, hold on. Did you, did you want to talk about anything else? We can talk about plenty of stuff on, oh wait, let's talk about OIE. Okay. We can talk about OIE. We almost, we almost didn't talk about OIE. (laughs) How did we do Uh, it? Go ahead. I have never been, and I'm shameful about <laughs> having never been to OIE, but I need to figure out a time to go. Maybe this year. Probably not. Um, Good. I think Jeffrey's coming again. When? What are the dates? Oh, it's like the... It is... Give me like two seconds. No it's worries. The, the 10th through the 19th is the, the full length of OIE from start okay. to finish. Interesting. Of March. Let me, yep. let me phrase that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe that's my spring break. So, <laughs> oh, that's so short notice. Okay. So, tell me about your experience. So, you said your first major was even OIE. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my first show. Uh, how incredible is it? Uh, OIE is is one of the. It's the best of the best. Um. Not only like the animals that are presented there, uh, the kids, the staff, the Grand Drive is nothing like anything else in this world, uh, or there is nothing else like that in this world. Um, that is that's like the daddy of them all is what they what they call it. Um, that's it's incredible. Yeah. It's one of those things you you just have to experience to really really get a grasp of it. Um, but yeah, that, that that's one of my favorite shows to be at. Hmm. Yeah, I I need to go. Gosh dang it! Why <laughs> why didn't I think about this sooner? Jeff's coming. Tell him. No, he's flying though. I bet he already bought his ticket. It, it's Jeff. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't. Bought <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, but... he doesn't even have a hotel yet. It's fine. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, yeah, we're we're gearing up for that uh, right now. How many head are you taking? Oh, uh, technically they're only allowed to show like three does and three weathers, but I think total with all the kids that have goats for me this year, I think there's probably fifteen or twenty. Nice. Um, between weathers and does. What so, do you think of them? Uh, really, really good. They look really good. Awesome. That's that's a good mentality to go into it. Yeah, they. I'm tickled pink with how they look. Um, my my uh, showman here in Oklahoma, one of them, um, Kenna Gay, she's had a phenomenal year. Um, she was won. at the camp in Oklahoma, wasn't she? Yeah, she okay, came yeah. this year. And she went to the one last year. Um, but she, she won Arizona Nationals this year with um, with a doe from Blue Team Weathers. Um, and it one of those things, again, uh, don't – not like always believe in yourself, you know, she, she always got down on herself. Um, you know, she got like third or fourth in class. She, she didn't, um, she didn't understand that was more of a learning experience than it was a loss. Um, but yeah, she, she finally got her little time to shine at Arizona nationals and you know, her, her set looks really good going to OIE, all the kids in Oklahoma that, that have goats for me they're all their goats look really good. I've been fortunate to have really good families. So yeah, that's it's all about the people that you have surrounding you. Yeah, for sure. It's it's all about those families that are gonna remain loyal and kind of keep in contact with you and be willing to hear you out at shows and let you kind of tell take them what to do. Yeah, bit. take over. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, for sure. I've got families that that'll come and buy goats, and you know they they ask for the help, and it's like okay, well, like every Sunday, you know we. I ask for, you know, pictures or videos or, or something. And it doesn't have to be every single Sunday, but keep keep me in the loop if I'm not able to get around to get out there every now and again. And um, 
a lot of the time they they don't ever send anything and then you know you, you get to the show and they're like all right like here you go and it's like man i don't even remember this goat type of deal <laughs> it's just you know I, I still take care of them but it's like man like those you got to do your part too to help me help you do my part type of deal yeah exactly uh, yeah but but yeah i've like i said i've been pretty fortunate with really good families this year that kept me in the loop and i've been out to their places several times just kind of checking on projects and changing things if needed or or you know saying stay in the same route um but yeah that that's what we're gearing up for right now um kind of backtrack in a sec we're also getting ready for our open house um which, which is actually next weekend the the 29th and first so so if you're in the area yeah i got, I got a lot area, of listeners in texas oh yeah yeah oh. texas is like one of my uh most listened to areas that's good so that's a that's pretty close Nope. So if you're, close, if you're close to Piedmont, Oklahoma, I mean, Texas is huge. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's but. massive. So if you're close to Piedmont and you want to go look at some really good goats, it's coming up two weeks. Yeah. Yep. Come on by open house Saturday, Sunday, starting at 10 a.m. both days. But Well, I think, uh, I think it's a really good mentality to have that you just, you continue to believe in yourself because it's, I mean, it's so important especially because, I mean, me and you, we're only 23, we're pretty young, and we're, you are going against the best of the best every day. Uh, and you're trying to raise your livestock to the best of your ability, but it's, it has to be intimidating. So for you to continue to just have that mentality to believe in yourself, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good thing to have. For sure. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, from coming from literally nothing of show livestock or a background in it or any family in it. Um, I mean, yeah, it was intimidating when I started, I was a kid, so I, I didn't really understand. I didn't really know. Um, but when I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, and I was, I made the decision that raising goats or livestock in general, this was going to be what I was going to do forever. It's not just a 10 year deal. Um, it, it kicked, I mean, it kind of put a fire under me. Um, but you know, you just, no matter what your background is or where you come from or, um, you know, who you're, who you're around, you're the only one that can really change, um, your path. No one can make you, um, and don't ever, you know, don't get down on yourself. I mean, there's hard days every day, uh, but just stay humble and, uh, you know, just keep believing in yourself. There's, there's a, always a new day. Um, I, I can count, well, I I don't know. There's been a, a couple of big name breeders that, um, you know, they, they've been on the top or, you know, near the top and they, they're winning na like national shows across the nation, every show you can think of. Um, and that winning, you know, gets to their head. Um, and the humbleness goes away. Don't ever, don't ever lose the humble, humble feeling or mindset. Um, no matter how big you are, cause that can ruin you pretty quick. Um, but that's just me from experience and watching it happen and um, being kind of a part of it at the same time. But I don't know. I uh, I don't mean this in an arrogant way, and I hope people don't take it like that. Uh, but I was talking with um, Brad Amthauer at South Southwest District. Sorry, that was a show that just happened <laughs> at, um, at Sioux Falls in South Dakota a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, he kind of asked me the same thing, like, you're young and you're in a very large industry. Like what keeps you motivated? And I was like, well, I, I pretty well pride myself on, like I said, this is going to sound arrogant. I don't, I don't mean it. Um, I pride myself on, on being a 23 year old female um, in a man's industry and being very successful at what I'm doing. And I, I'm only getting better every day because I'm learning from my mentors. Um, and it, it makes it fun. But don't ever, I mean, don't ever think that you're done learning because that's when you're done being successful and growing. So Yeah. Um, wow. That's a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I get Yeah. I don't know. I've thought about it for a while. But. I mean, when you're, when you're doing the things that you're doing, you have to think about those things at all times. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very keep you motivated. 
very big, like, I don't know, everything's like a mental game type of deal. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think about it all the time because it keeps me going. Uh, on my, my hard days, I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, some days it is hard being your own business owner, um, especially running two businesses at a very young age. Um, but it's also very rewarding at the end of the day because it's you doing it. It's There's not – you don't have 30 employees doing it for you type of deal. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very rewarding at the same time. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you, and I uh... – I know big things are coming from Ross Farms and from Darby Ross and from SureShine. I mean, big, big things are coming. I oh, feel thank, it. thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I mean, you're a busy gal. We've been trying to set this up for a while. Wanted <laughs> to do it in person, but uh, could never figure out the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. No problem. And, yeah. I mean, you're going to be on again. <laughs> we're going to see each other at a camp and uh, we'll do a live uh, interview as well. For sure. We might, ha we'll just have to come up with something to talk about. <laughs> I'm sure we can find something. I think so too. <laughs> All right, Darby. Well, uh, thanks again. And I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Time's limited. So you must listen carefully. Hey guys. Uh, Darby's awesome. Isn't she? What a great story. What a unique story. Uh, I'm glad she felt comfortable to, get pretty in depth into her personal life. I didn't know if I was like out of bounds asking. I might have been. I might have been now thinking back. But I'm glad that she felt comfortable sharing. And I think that she was okay with sharing that. So you know what? I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with it. We're good enough friends now. We are golden. And now you guys all know her story. So it's fine. It's fine. I think we all should be more open like that open to telling our story, everything good and bad. I think it's awesome. So thank you, Darby, for being on. Uh, to everyone else listening, I really appreciate you. Uh, I do these every Thursday, and I just hope people listen to them, honestly. And it seems it seems like they've been pretty consistent. And I don't even know if you guys listen to this part. Maybe you don't, but I just want to say to the people that are listening, I really, really appreciate you, and I don't know, this This podcast is, it's been introducing me to another world of of social media and a, a whole other world of content, and it's it's been spurring my creativity a little bit, so um, I, thank you, thank you so much, that's, I talk way too much, I'm on my soapbox now, but thank you, thank you so much. Um, hopefully you come back next week. I haven't scared you off just yet. Uh, come back next week. I'll have another episode for you, of course. All right? I love you guys. Bye. And I, hey, I mean it. I love you.